Hey everyone, Tom Fleming here, and if Marvel cards are your thing, then you've come to the right place with the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. Hello everybody, my name is Ian Taylor, and welcome to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast, brought to you by the Marvel Cards Fan Collective. You can find our two groups on Facebook, details of which are at the end of this podcast, so come check us out. With me is my co-pilot in all things Marvel cards, the crazy, crazy nights that Kiss warned you about, only in human form, Norin Rad. Hi, everybody. Hey, sorry, that one took me back a little bit. That was pretty great. <laughs> that's, that's a nostalgia hit for all of those who uh, were either alive or not too on drugs to remember the 80s. So, Yeah, I was born know. smack in the middle, so... Yeah, yeah. I don't... You're a young whippersnapper. You're a young whippersnapper. Um, how you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Good to see you. Good, good to be Good talking. to see you too, <laughs> Good to be talking. Um, we, um, we had some great feedback. I'm going to jump straight in, if that's okay. On yes. last week's yeah. episode, we had some cracking feedback, even though it was effectively just an hour and a half of us um, moaning about stuff. But I don't think we were moaning, but um, I think I'm probably being unfair. Um, <laughs> But um, strangely enough, I was listening back to it and um, it was, I was kind of thinking, do we sound low energy? I don't think we were. We were just chilled because it was a Sunday. Oh, like yeah. It is today. Right. Yeah, it was, it was a rather nice Sunday. So, no, it was, it was cool. It was cool. We enjoyed it. Um, but we had, some, we had some good feedback, uh, which was good. Um, Kevin St. Jack, uh, whose question we answered, but then put it after the end credits if you like um left us a really good recommendation so i guess we're kind of into the podcast mailbag segment of the show um mailbag mailbag um and that the only reason i do that is because still no one has sent us any jingles no people are lacking i don't know what's going I, on here i don't know we've not got any messages either anchor.fm forward slash mccp uh and you know just just leave us a message guys um but anyway they're kind of leaving us messages in their own way um so kevin st jack uh put a great recommendation on our page if you want to listen about marvel trading cards then you found the place which i think is really sweet thank you very much for that kevin that's really awesome um and uh michael munshaw friend of the podcast good evening sir um left a really nice comment on our post uh last week thanks so much for the shout out to us hard-working sketch card artists it's nice to hear feedback nice to hear oh, would help if i could actually talk um <laughs> it's nice to hear feedback on what collectors look for and want which i thought was really really nice of you so thank you michael um which i i actually really like the idea of that the idea that the uh, artists and creators that we talk about are also kind of the audience listening and kind yeah. of learning stuff and hearing about you know the community and the people that you know send us in questions uh, i thought that was quite an interesting angle so well, it's funny too because i had a conversation with tom fleming mm. uh, which which yeah. leads us which, which is a nice segue into, no, which no. i don't want, i don't want to push or shove into that segue yet well, we don't have to. okay, okay. I'm well, we can do. There. Well, we can do because I'm going to circle back to um, listener comments because Listen. it's it's kind of the main thing um, that I thought we could talk about this week. So, interesting segue there, Norin. What did you do this week? I don't know. I might have gone to GalaxyCon. Mm. Bam. Oh, 
Actually, actually, I'm I'm absolutely I'm just amazed. Galaxy Con, that just sounds wonderful. Uh, tell me it more did. about it's Galaxy. It's actually Con. really cool. It actually sounded really cool. Um, so it's kind of technically it was my first con I've ever gone to, um, and spent time there. Like I went to the one in Raleigh, which is here in North Carolina. You went to Heroes Con. Heroes Con, that's it. The name escaped me. Only for a little while, then had to leave early. But I went to GalaxyCon, which was up in Durham, and I went because there were three Silver Surfer collectors, uh, collectors, Silver Surfer writers and artists there, and I never thought it'd be that lucky to be basically in my backyard to meet some of the some of the some of the people I really think are fantastic. For a moment uh, there, I thought it was Silver Surfer collectors assemble. That'd be nice. The three of us would have a really good time there. Yeah. It'd be a really nice meeting. <laughs> but it turned out to be turned out to be creators, yeah? Creators, yeah. So it turned out to be Ron Lim and J. Michael. I'm going to mess this up. He wrote Silver Surfer Requiem. He wrote Babylon. Yes. Yeah. He wrote Babylon 5 as well. Um, and so, a guess, long run on Spider-Man. A long, long run on Spider-Man. Yeah, from about uh, 2000 to about... Oh, 2008, I think. Dan wow, Slott took over. Long. Yeah, Dan Slott took over and did a 10-year run that just wow. finished. Um, so yeah, JMS, as he's as he's kind of known. But yes, so so you so you met him. I did. I oh, did. I didn't know you'd met him. Yeah. Wow. Why was there something I should have gotten signed for you? I know. Uh, well, no, no, no. I I I, can't, I, I knew you'd met because because obviously you know a little bit of time has passed since you went to the con so i've seen yeah. the photos of you um embracing the uh, the people that were there and i think you'd mentioned that jms was going to be there but i didn't know you'd, you'd managed to meet him as well yeah and i got really lucky that's where my nerd antenna i start twitching because babylon 5 was was a huge huge thing for me in the 90s still is mm. still is um anyway, i saw people with yeah. posters of babylon 5 and had to be every signature of every cast member member and a gaffers and lighting crew on that post it was insane seriously seriously yeah, i mean did, did did you watch babylon 5 sorry we'll have a, sm I, a small a small side quest here did you ever watch it small side quest i did watch it um i'm a huge i haven't seen a lot of babylon 5 i i rewatched and watched many times star trek next generation which is my oh, favorite yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely favorite um so i'm really excited about the card really excited about um that show and hopefully what that does um battlestar galactic i finally started getting to that oh which really sick i, I, I had no idea it was that fantastic in terms of writing and story and just really really quality all around and if you um, think about when it was made i know it does the star trek thing very very brilliantly of using sci-fi to talk about the current global political cultural situation yeah. So if you think about it was made not not long after 9/11 um and it was writing about characters who you thought were heroes but then turned out to do villainous things and vice versa so it mm -hmm. really plays with those ideas in a, in an an absolutely masterful way which um given you know the the situation um with the various wars and, and fallout from the events of 2001 is is um yeah it's interesting to watch um it's fascinating, did yeah. you finish but battlestar galactica 
I, no, I'm not finished Battlestar Galactica. Okay. I won't, I won't spoil anything then. I won't spoil it. No, no, I'm not done yet. I, I think I did. How many seasons were there? Were there three? Four. Four, I want to say. I'm sure. I want to say four, so yeah. I will say four. Um, four. There is also, there's a couple of TV movies that were made by right. them that right. fit into it continuity yeah. wise, but they would work to watch at the end because if you have the hindsight, I think you'd enjoy them more. Mm-hmm. Um, and season four was the first, here we go. TV. This is the TV trivia segment of the Marvel card collectors podcast, because I'm going to go back to Babylon 5. So we've got a side quest <laughs> on our side quest. It's wonderful. <laughs> Hello. I'm going to start keeping notes. We're going to get back to it. I promise, we are, guys. We are. We are. So, um, on. <laughs> I love it. This is so off, off, off piece. Um, so, Battlestar Galactica, um, the final, is a bit trivia for me. The final season was the first time I'm aware of that the producers and the network were aware that it was so successful, they split it into two and released it in two which is what they did with breaking bad because they knew it was going to be ending but of course they wanted to keep being able to distribute and release it so they split the final season into two parts i wonder if it was the first i think it was it was kind of the beginning of that box set culture of consumption of shows it was just Mm. at the beginning of that um which i think the next show to fully kind of cement that for a lot of people was the wire yeah, a lot of yeah, I remember that. The wire and and did that whole binge watching thing, mm-hmm. um, when it was still kind of DVD binge watching, and then yeah. that the consumption of that fed into very much how shows are distributed now to to kind of cater for that. Anyway, so back to Babylon Five. So Babylon Five, um, it's interesting you say a guy had a lot of the signatures. Babylon Five is one of those one of those beautiful beautiful projects that's really bittersweet when you look back on it because so many of the original cast and, and, and quite young as well have now passed away but but of the actors who've passed um the gentleman who played michael gary Bordy um passed away a couple of years ago um and um i think he had a bit of a rough time um with 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 um kind of uh, some drinking and possibly some other issues so um but um, but he had a very successful uh, radio type talk radio, quite a controversial, possibly kind of to, towards the Republican right side of the spectrum, uh, kind of show that went for many years. Um, the gentleman who played uh, the Doctor, whose name I think was Richard Biggs, um, he passed away uh, not long after the show had finished, uh, wrapped actually. Um, I think he literally woke up one morning and, and, and had a heart attack and, and went straight there is, is what I read, uh, which oh, is really sad because um, he yeah. was he was younger than I am now. So um, the gentleman who played Jakar, uh, the actri- uh, actor Andreas Katsoulis, who was who was who was a wonderful, wonderful actor. He's had a really mellifluous voice and just yeah. the most incredible presence Um on screen and on stage because he had a very successful stage career. Um, he passed away some time ago. Um, I mean, the, the list goes, the guy who played, uh, the security guy who works under Garibaldi, um, Zach, I think the character's name mm-hmm. was Jeff Conaway, who'd been in Greece. He passed away. Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah a number of years back now. So it's, it, it is, it is really, really sad that so many of those brilliant, that brilliant ensemble aren't with us anymore um and it's it's one of those things it's 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 a show that's never been released on HE because the effects were so like new and cutting edge and you know computer level that they 
they they literally I, I don't believe have the software anymore to recreate them in HD format which is why it's never kind of been released out you know above DVD kind of um, oh, quality it's one of those things anyway listen we could do a whole whole thing yeah, about Babylon 5 I, and I don't know as much of it no no I sorry I just I just I just I just nerded out there slightly so we'll, we'll, we'll step con. back we'll step back so you're at the con JMS is there there's a guy yes. with a poster of lots of Babylon 5 people and yes. we are back on the main track people let's do this um forgot exactly why I brought all this up but I also spoke to I remembered ah Silver Surfer Tom Fleming Tom Fleming ah Fleming. Tom Tom Fleming good ah. evening sir Tom Tom um he was freaking awesome all of them were awesome they really it was really cool I was a little worried to meet everybody because I was kind of like well not Tom because I heard he was awesome yeah. but Lim and JMS I was kind of like all right so if Ron Lim is horrible that's going to ruin a lot of my childhood. Mm. I was like, let's see how this goes. He was a gem. Oh, really? Super awesome and kind. He even had a surfer page there of original art. Oh. That I got to look up close and see how he, you know, what was his method of and how he yeah. drew. And yeah, that was really cool. And I got to speak to him a bit. I did find out something freaking awesome. You guys Hit are going to flip. All Hit right. Me. All right. This is crazy. I'm glad I remembered. Remember how we talked about how the holograms were made from the 90s? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Hope you're ready. Oh, I'm sitting he told me how He told me how he did it. So he drew the Venom. He didn't draw that Silver Surfer. He drew Venom from that series of the four or whatever it's called. So this is how it's done. So the four holograms, yeah? The four holograms. He drew the okay. Venom. It's just on multiple sheets of paper. It's not a sculpture. Oh. So the first sheet of paper had the hand. The second sheet of paper had the arm. Third sheet of paper had the body. And he separated it into layers. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Realize me, me staring at your open mouth yeah, isn't sorry. good listening for people. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, wow, that's really interesting. So four layers. Well, I think it was four or three layers, he said. Wow. Must was, you know, it was a con, so it was a little busy, yeah. but that's... that's that's what he told me and um oh. yeah he told me that's how they did it he would he just did it in late so i asked him i was like i don't know how we start talking about it but oh that's what it was i brought multiple cards <laughs> of silver surfer to him because he's done like four or five wow and i was um i was like i yeah i thought he would i thought you could i don't know i saw on the website that he would do like three for free for signings Okay. So I was like, well, I'll just get a couple signed, no big deal. But he, you know, he ended up, he has, he had to charge the website was wrong. It was no big deal, obviously. Has yeah. to make it. Um, so when he told me that, I was like, hmm, I didn't know which card to pick because I wasn't sure if I was going to spot something or buy the original art. So I wanted to save some cash. So I looked down, I was like, all right, do me a favor. Which one's your favorite? So I showed him the surfer cards and he picked his favorite. And oh. it was 93 Marvel Universe. The one that makes the puzzle, the nine card puzzle. Yeah. Yeah, so he picked that one. And I was like, all right, awesome, please sign it. And then, you know, wow. he signed it. It was really cool. I experience. actually re-sleeved. I forgot I had that set. <laughs> it's one of these random things. Uh, on, on, on this week's segment of sets you forgot you owned, um, <laughs> I, I found it when I was having a sort out, and I forgot that I had it. I bought the, just the base set. And it, when you say just the base set, it's still a pretty hefty size base set. And it's got all those nine-card pages, which is absolutely brilliant so i re-sleeved the lot because it was in sleeves that i 
you know wanted to reply that's really cool um and it was it was absolutely wonderful so we'll make sure we put a picture of that uh that nine card on the tasting notes um and Norin, um send me a pic picture of that and we'll add that up there as well um yeah. along with photos of you giving him a little bit of a cuddle oh i wanted too hard it was pretty <laughs> i was so much taller and i felt i'm just like it, the picture's horrible to me i look like i'm like three thousand pounds oh um, mate no, no 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 you look happy you look really I, I, happy that's the main was, thing my wife was so funny i i called her all giddy afterwards because i couldn't help myself and she was like oh my god i'm so glad and i text her a picture and i'm like grinning from ear to ear and i look like i'm seven again um <laughs> I, I gushed over him pretty bad um i don't know you know it's crazy like that i remember my dad coming home with a comic book of the silver surfer i think number 79 and uh especially that issue was super important to me at the time um and i remember him coming home and bringing back the comic book and and me seeing it for the first time and the holographic cover as well for the 75th anniversary oh yeah yeah and he never did stuff like that i mean he, he was great but like i don't know like i don't i don't know it was completely out of the blue it was just one of those things one of those moments sparks and i remember seeing that art and it was it was it i was just like wow all right cool and this was kind of that was the first introduction into like the silver surfer who i really appreciate now as a character and really enjoy so it's kind of crazy to have that full experience that full circle and meeting him and all that kind of cool stuff that's so cool that's yeah, so that's cool that's yeah, pretty cool nice so you met ron lim you met jms yes and you met tom fleming ah uh, so cool what a cool dude holy crap so awesome so yeah i i waited around his booth i finally saw him and it was really funny. I introduced myself and I gave him my real name and then, yeah, I shook, I shook his hand. I was like, you know, I'm from the Marvel card group because, Oh, you're Norin. <laughs> of course I'm wearing a giant silver surfer t-shirt. So <laughs> or, or I put it together real fast, but I was the surfer dude. And he was like, Oh my God, you're Norin. I was like, yeah. I was like, Oh man. Hi. And then we had this huge conversation around his stand for at least 35 minutes or more. Stan Lee. Huh? Oh, sorry, sorry. You said, did you say around his stand? His stand, not Stan Lee. I no. thought you said about Stan. No, <laughs> I no, was no. like, I was no. like, you know, you because at this point it is because I I never got to meet Stanley. Uh, uh, even though, as millions do, I'm sure we all feel like we know him uh, because he was so giving of his time and his energy. But it's gotten to the point now where we can meet him by proxy, so one degree of separation. So yes. if Tom had, and maybe probably did at some point in the past, meet Stan Lee, you've met someone who met Stan Lee. Chances are Ron Lim did. JMS certainly would have. So Yeah, I met um, two people. So there, there we go. There we go. That's actually really cool. Thank you for putting that together because I did not. So that was actually really cool, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and um, Tom had an awesome uh, area there decked it out super cool prints tons of good stuff to buy um i was just drooling out the mouth looking at his work and we just spoke and to bring it back even further you'd be so proud of me not getting too off topic bringing it back to the notes the tasting notes the mail call not the tasting notes the mail call um he was saying that you know i don't know how we got on this topic but he's like you know i i do like it when people give good criticism to the work because it helps me improve my own work. 
and I kind of looked at we were talking about something with a group or whatever and I was like oh that's yeah yeah that makes total sense that you would want to hear feedback from the audience about your work and you know comments and stuff like that then we talked about really not helpful comments but um (laughs) mostly talked about good comments and things like that so it was kind of cool to hear our audience, how artists, artists do want to look at these forums and look at our group and look at people and are kind of looking at it and saying, all right, people are kind of into these poses or into this character. Maybe I'll do this character here or yeah. you know, anything yeah. for the sketch cards and stuff like that. That's really interesting. I've, I shouldn't assume at this point that people necessarily know who Tom Fleming is or, uh, or even that Ron Lim is. Um, one would hope you've heard of jms given his 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 history but maybe you haven't either so uh, listen google is your friend however in the case of um uh, ron lim you, you filled that one so ron lim what's what's he done what's he done what's his what's his backstory well ron lim and jim starling is that correct uh yes yeah they gave us everything we know about thanos exactly they gave us everything that is infinity war infinity gauntlet they are the yeah. godfathers yeah that to that story everything yeah. that's happening in the mcu that everyone is clamoring about and excited about and millions and millions of dollars came from the source material of the work they did exactly yeah they're the, basically they're responsible for breeding that into the collective conscious yeah us all yeah they've still, identified that form of a pop culture for us still here keep talking keep talking no i'm words. stretching away so you can't see me <laughs> i'm stretching away well no i'm stretching away for a very good reason because i just suddenly remembered that oh. here in my oh here it is i completely forgot until we started talking about this until you mentioned it that i have here a signed copy oh, of Infinity Crusade 1, signed by Ron Lim. Oh, that's sick. Which is one of the Dynamic Forces um, signed editions. So it is. it comes with a certificate of authenticity on the back there. <laughs> Dear. Um, and uh, it is unfortunately creased um, along, the, along the width of the book, which is really un unusual but it has that cardstock foil cover so unfortunately it does really show up so um and it is number 73 of wait for it 10,000 so it's not exactly a a a rare item um and I'm sure I could pick up uh, another one should I want to but it's um it's uh this copy of Infinity Crusade number one is one of a limited series of 10,000 signed by artist Ron Lim so Hats off to you, sir, for signing 10,000 of these puppies. Um, but it is just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, book. I mean, the artwork is incredible um, yeah. on it. And obviously that's because um, I think Jim Jim was the writer and Ron is mm. the artist on these. Um, I'm their, getting it out Their booths were together. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't get to meet him because I, <laughs> I went on a Thursday because I didn't want to be around the crowds. Yeah. Um, and it was the cheapest day. So I was like, ah, I'll just go on Thursday. Uh, luckily, everybody I wanted to meet was there, but Jim Starling, his booth was right next to Ron Limbs. Oh. So, yeah, so I'm. it's Sunday now, right? So it's actually technically still going on. Yep, yep. So they're technically actually over there right now. As we talk, we're st- well, the, as as we speak, 
they're right. there and their ears are going red and they're like is somebody mm -hmm. talking about me and the answer is and the answer is yes they are <laughs> they are uh ron and uh jim so wonderful i'll pop a pick on that a pick of that on the tasting notes as well because it's um it's absolutely wonderful because I don't know, as I speak, there is a con going on in London called the London Film and Comic Con, um, oh. which is one of those things I just don't, I, I need to sign up to get more <laughs> emails about these things because I genuinely didn't know it was on until like yesterday when it was already on. Um, so um, I'm really not keeping my radar open as someone who kind of says, often kind of feels a bit like oh these cons in america sound so great and you can go and see <laughs> these guys it's like when there is an event on in london and people you know not everyone comes over um because it's much more of a financial cost so the, the you know yeah. the con needs to support them and do all that but the london film and comic con is probably the biggest one in the uk oh wow um william shatner's there walter koenig is there oh, um cool. martin sheen charlie sheen um loads of people from the walking dead i mean it, the, the the list of just actors is phenomenal and then of wow. course you've got the comic guys um i can't remember any off the top of my head now because i've been to sleep since i looked um it sounds like you had an absolute blast um and tom tom uh good evening tom um i'm i think tom listens um i know dave devries was um diffusing madly about tom and what a nice guy is and we know he's a very uh, creative guy so in terms of uh, for those who might not know tom tom has done um base artwork on a number of um sets over the over the years uh, most recently um Fleer ultra x-men mm -hmm. and he's got some work in marvel flare as well um i believe he did the venom in flare yeah he did he sold, well, that, yeah, he sold um... that piece to someone in the group yeah, well, he sold it. He sold it to Justin, and then I think the prelim. I don't remember the prelim was on sale as well. The prelim has been purchased, by the way, mm. by our boy. Oh my God, Matthew Miller, who's the man? Ah, oh, Matthew that you met. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Matthew, actually, fan. Matthew, Matthew went there the day next, and then bought it all. <laughs> oh, so Matthew, hello. Um, Matthew's a nice guy. Yeah, like him a lot. Like him a lot. He's. Um, I like I, I just like you know there are there are collectors who are who are on on the group and are quite vocal and out there and there are collectors who share stuff and are just a little bit quieter and just like really into their thing and passionate mm -hmm. but um not necessarily want to be the center of attention and kind of Matthew strikes me as on that yeah. side of things but just yeah. you know it, I've had a few backs and forth with him and just seems like a really sweet guy but as yeah. does Tom Fleming so yeah. Tom's actually um we're trying to work out dates um but we will be having tom on the podcast so um yes. as as dave really had excited. yeah he really wants to come on and he was telling me that he does listen and ah, he, uh, he did good. listen to the uh dave episode and i'm sure other ones as well mm. and he he really had a blast he thought it was great well that's because i told him that dave had come on and I don't think he'd listen to the episode yet. And I said, oh, my goodness, the stories Dave told us about you. Um, <laughs> and then I and then I went on to say, <laughs> I'm very quickly to say, only just kidding. And it was kind of a, like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Because um, I have a feeling there are stories there. Um, and maybe, maybe Tom will share them with us. But, um, but Tom has, uh, uh, bless him, already done the intro to an episode. Yeah. And that will you'll have already heard it if you've listened this far from the beginning um so as i like to do 
because I think it's only fair that we, you know there's a there's a symbiosis and a support backwards and forwards um, amongst the hobby. Um, I, I I always promise that I'm going to give a shout out. So um, you can find Tom um, at various places on the interweb, um, as well as at that con. Um, TomFlemingArtwork.com. Um, you can also find him on Facebook, The Art of Tom Fleming, and Instagram, Fleming Editions. So um, go and check it out. Go and check him out. Um, tell him we sent you. Um, if you can afford it, buy some stuff because I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Um, not at all. Guy does mad work. Mad work. Mad good work. Yeah. Crazy good work. I saw, uh, I know it's Marvel, but he has some DC pieces too, and I saw Spectre. Inspector uh, on there yeah. and I I lost my mind. I saw that print and I was like, You got the original? <laughs> it was like, No, the original was like long gone. I was like, damn. Yeah. Um, yeah, the original paid for my car outside. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, What? I'll take it. That's I, I definitely am way too hopeful with these things. I'm like, what? You have a gem that no one's asked you for before and uh, I get to purchase it? Thank you. You gotta ask. You gotta ask. You gotta I know, ask. I always uh, ask. Um, which is a nice enough segue to um Peach. Momoko. Oh, now, because uh, Peach Momoko, for those who may not know, is a Japanese artist who who wasn't on my radar until very recently. To be fair, I think you um, you put me on that little trail, um, Norin, because your 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 taste is is much much greater than mine. Uh, oh, shush. These kind of things. No, but the thing is, you know, I I don't know all the artists because there's so many of them, and you know, between us, we kind of got really just, lucky. Did we discover and we recommend you? Have them all covered. Like, like I'm pretty. I'm always impressed by <laughs> the half you know and the half that I know. I'm just like, yes, yeah. we're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's kind of what. That's kind of why. But I guess that's how we ended up here. Um, yeah. So, so the so this episode probably won't be dropping until um, kind of first second week of August. The episode that is going to come up next that will be out by the time people hear this was the old episode that we recorded on investments and values that we we ended up shifting around uh, for various reasons so because that was pre-recorded on that episode i didn't get a chance to thank peach momoko for doing the opening intro for that episode in japanese in japanese it was so cool to hear how mad is that and i thought it that was, was i thought it was, it was really so it was awesome lovely. it was lovely really sweet so you have all heard so it cool. go and listen yeah. to it come back um so I, I was in touch with um uh yo mutsu who is manager for Peach Momoka? Who is um, also equally awesome. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. Super awesome. Really, really nice guy. Um, because I, I, I initially reached out, and this was before that that uh, he joined our groups on Facebook because um, I saw that the original art for the black cat that Peach had done for Marvel Flare 2019 was available for sale. Um, and I think that was the first time I, I kind of looked and started exploring Peach's work and going, oh, wow, that's that's pretty special because it is a different style and it is a it is a um, obviously born of the cultural origins and the, the style from from Japan. So um, it, is, it is a different representation of Black Cat. And I thought that's really nice. So I, and I asked, you know, how much it was, unfortunately. Um, I'm not I'm not big enough earner to afford it. Um, not that it's not worth it, but it's just, just you know, original but, um, art yeah. tends to be, you know, we're talking tend, tend to be four figures um, uh, yeah, for the most it's part. Because I was going to get the... Um, deservedly so. Deservedly so. 
deserve no yeah i mean when we talk prices i mean these are just you know we would never talk about people who are asking crazy prices we only talk about good people who ask the right prices um <laughs> passing no judgment whatsoever um it's the right price 100% and you can and I, that comes from me who knows a lot of the prices that artists were giving for the flare 2019 original art pieces as well yep. as Ian and they are all in the same range so no one is everyone's at the right mark for that for sure and um, that's, yeah. that's kind of original art you know that is yeah, that's actually the market art. yeah the that's market the, for it and yeah. original art and maybe we'll have a podcast one day I, I don't know how um knowledgeable i am of this i'm just starting to get into it but with original art you know published original art is the tier you know what i mean um, well, you mean the comic comic covers and pages well even like talking about published card art Yes. You know what I mean? Like that's also part of that tier. Anything that's published that's original art is going to fetch a good price. And officially um, licensed, it has to be said. Unofficially licensed, yeah. So yeah, and Peach, and this is the cool thing about cards is that most of these artists eventually are hitting inside Marvel. Mm. Um, and I'm sure she's done work for Marvel before on comic books. I don't know for sure, yeah. but I know she's coming out with covers now, variant wow. covers. Wow. So I know more work's coming. And I know she just posted the uh alternate prelim for black cat did oh, you see it i did i did so what that was so let me let me finish this yeah, story actually, because sorry, because, because i asked um, when i realized that was unfortunately out of my price range and listen you know someone someone will deservedly own that and that that's fine um i asked if there may be a, a preliminary art because sometimes there's a pencil version um and unfortunately not in this case i think i think her process is that the she then creates the painting over that so it wasn't that she did a separate sketch to, to, to sort of sketch it out and then went on to kind of do that in a bigger format for, for perhaps for example or do it digitally which is often the case with some artists mm -hmm. um, so there isn't an existing you know preliminary sketch of that that's often a, um, a slightly more affordable option to get some artwork from an artist that you admire without buying the final finished product um, and I, I, I find those fascinating because they are they're kind of a real sort of insight into the process that the artists go through to, yeah, to do it. Um, I have um, a piece in coming actually that I am, um, I wasn't going to talk about just yet, but I'm going to talk about it. Um, so very, very recently, Joe Jusco, because we can't frankly that episode go by without us talking about it. Good evening, Joe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems. Um, so um, he recently found and put available for sale on marvel masterpieces collectors mmc the um original pencil work for some of the marvel masterpieces 2016 and it went nuts um and he sold um a lot in a very short space of time and they were very reasonably priced and he only offered them to us which i thought was wonderful so thank you for that um joe um thank you amongst them wasn't anything of black cat which was good because it happened overnight <laughs> so yeah, i would have i would have i would have missed out um however um i was i was in the process of, of talking to joe about something else and he did subsequently find um a um a very rough prelim of the black cat artwork he did for marvel masterpieces 2016 and the interesting thing about it is that it's reversed from the pose that she was in in the final painting so in the final painting, I believe she's kind of right to left. That's, her body is angled. But in the 
preliminary artwork that I've purchased from Joe, it's the other way around. That's really cool. Which I think is absolutely fascinating. So that's that's what I mean by the by the process of, uh, you know, an artist maybe working something up and actually, um, it's, especially in the case of um, the style that Joe does, I know from his Instagram that he does um, a number of preliminary works and sketches things out and gradually builds it and builds it and and in the process decides whether something looks right or looks wrong. I remember that the hunt for Wolverine. Um, variant cover that he did uh, for Midtown Comics. If you go and check out Joe's Instagram feed and scroll back because he he posts some good stuff and it was it was a little while ago, you can see the process of how he sketched that out and then changed his mind about where something was going to go, and then and about how the costume was. Yeah, so it's interesting to see. Anyway, so back to Peach. Um, so because Peach did that intro for us, um, I also want to just give that shout out to peach so if anyone's interested in seeing uh peach's work uh the website is um www.allthews.peachmomoko.com and i'm going to spell that so peach like the fruit m o m o k o.com um and uh, she's also on instagram at peachmomoko6060 so uh, I'm not sure of the significance of the number 60. I didn't know there were 59 other Peach Momokos on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> is what that tells me. Uh, and also a big shout out to Yo. Um, and one final thing I will say is if, if anyone does have Marvel Flair and busted some boxes and has any of the base cards, just the base cards, any spares, any singles of the cards that Peach did. Um, Yo asked me to put a shout out to say um, if anyone has some um, and doesn't mind parting with them and, you know, he will buy them. Um, but I, I, I think Peach wants some copies for herself um, and she doesn't have them. So um, if, if anyone listening has broken flair, has made their set, has some spares, or, or even isn't going for a set and is going for a certain character or subset, has some Peach Momoko cards, then um, can we steer some towards Peach? Um, that would be great. So um, if you don't know where to go on that, then just contact myself or Norin or put a post on the podcast page and we'll make sure they go in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So finally, I'm going to loop back to the um, letter column. So we have a we have a, a guy called Tamron Dubois, which is an absolutely fantastic name. Uh, <laughs> good evening, Tamron. Um, I know Tamron listens because he's posted feedback before um, on the podcast page, and he came to the group from discovering this podcast, which is really fascinating. That's so awesome. Yeah. Um, and he's completely new and he drives, I, ho- I hope you don't mind me saying this, Tamron. Um, I'll reach out to you before this drops. And if you, if you, if you don't want us to say this, then, uh, we won't, but he drives trucks for a living, I believe. Oh, cool. And so just devours podcasts, oh. obviously when he's on the road and <laughs> ours being one of them. So, so, uh, we are echoing around the ears of your cab as we speak literally um so thank you tamron for supporting the podcast um he posted on um the podcast page on facebook um facebook.com forward slash mcc pod um which you don't need to be a facebook member to go to so it's kind of like our website um he asked is there an episode about newbies navigating the hobby in the works 
And I was like, like a cards 101? Um, and he put, yeah, something like a 101, maybe mistakes to avoid. Um, and um, he says, I picked up the 92 Marvel Masterpieces set to start off with, but where to go next from there? Um, and I thought, as it's taken us almost 50 minutes to get to the point where um, I wanted to talk about this episode. I wanted to kind of start on a Cards 101. I think that's a great idea. I think because, it's a long overdue. Yeah. So we go into it. Yeah. So I, I don't think we're going to nail it all in this episode. So no. this episode, I can tell you now, will be Cards 101, Part 1. Um, and so I was going to start with... I've just put some bullet points down here um, and I'm going to hit up the first few and then we'll get into it. So I've put what sets, what characters, try some you like, so try before you buy, research and budget. And they all kind of overlap, which is why I've just kind of reeled them off. Mm. So I'm going to, my start of a 10 would be, what have you seen that you like? And why did you like it? What was it that appealed to you about that? Um, so obviously in the case of Tamron, you started out with Marvel Masterpieces 1992, which is an excellent, excellent vintage Great. and a wonderful place to start. Yeah. Um, why did you like it? Was it, was it the style of artwork? Was it the design of the cards? Was it the... I don't know. I guess that's that's the question, and I, you know I can't answer that question. It's going to be a different answer for everyone. Um, and if, I remember, if, yeah, I remember when I started, it was sketch cards that yeah. threw that threw me right up right up front. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I I do think design is a huge part of it, mm. and I think the best way to kind of look at the, I mean, eBay is your friend. Enjoy eBay. Search as long as you want. And look at tons of things before you start diving into anything. That would be some advice. Yeah, yeah. I would say up yeah. front. Yeah. Um, join join a you know join a uh, Facebook group or or four. Um, obviously, I've got two that <laughs> I can happily recommend. There are others <laughs> out there. Um, there are um, as is normal when you get off the plane. We recognise that you have a choice of airlines, and we thank you for flying with the Marvel Cards Fan Collective. Um, <laughs> But there are other groups out there, so you know, and a lot of a lot of guys are in in this, you know, a lot of guys are in this in in. We overlap. We overlap massively. So it, it is a small, small but passionate community, uh, small and passionate rather. Um, so have a look, see what people are posting, see what people are sharing, have a look on eBay, um, have a look at sites like, and these are these are largely text based to be fair, but have a look at Jeff Allender's House of Checklists. Um, I, I brought up all the sites for him yeah. um, before this Zoom recording. That's great. Uh, yeah, just as a list of resources, and we'll obviously have this in the tasting notes. Sorry, Ian. And um, so the first one is Jeff Allister's House of Checklist Cards, I think. Uh, Allender. So Allender. Whoops, yeah. I'm a horrible person. I'm sorry, Jeff. Um, I do not want to be blacklisted from Jeff. So imagine if that, if that site disappears, that, a million yeah. souls screaming agony at once. They'd be so mad yeah. at me. I mean, um, okay. So the website is nslist.com. That's the first one. And everything, I think it's fair to say that everything's there. 
like every checklist for every Marvel DC um, film entertainment non sport. Yeah, non sport. It's it's there. Like that's that's really key resource. I didn't use it for a long time because it was so text heavy and it seems like a site that's very text heavy and i couldn't navigate it at first um just because it's an older site so it took me a little while to get into it but don't make that mistake <laughs> this is the site to go to in my opinion yeah. um because there can be a lot of obscure releases yep um and this brings us to the next point for cards 101 right you don't have to decide this at all but it's good to get a a good understanding of are you going to go for sets are you going to go for an artist are you going to go for characters i think the thing that collectors are doing nowadays because the cards have become so premium at least some of them have become really premium is that we've gotten really creative with how to collect and that's made it really fun and less disappointing too because some of these sets are so massive some of these cards are one of ones Having a full set, unless you're buying an exuberant amount of product, is going to be very, very difficult to do. Mm. Um, so get creative with it. Have fun with it. Make lists. I know we all make lists. I always crack up when I talk to collectors. I'm like writing a little list on paper, and they're like, oh, this is what I'm going for. And it's like on a little memo pad, and they're like, here, check it out. And they're like sending it through me, Messenger. Um, you know, I, that's the funniest thing to me. I love that. I draw little nine page things just because I'm excited. And I, I me and Ian have joked around about that because me and him do the same thing. So that's been really fun about card collecting as well. It's kind of seeing how creative and how interesting people, how people, how people put their collections together in interesting ways. Mm, mm, definitely. Definitely. I think, um, the other interesting thing about that is obviously when you're in that kind of research or discovery phase, I guess, is just have an idea of, you know, how, how deep you want to get into it. And this is where it helps. I'm going to jump ahead here um, to a bullet point I had at the end is ask advice. Yeah. Um, Cause you can ask, you know, and it's almost as if I would say, even if, you know, if you're new to the hobby, um, find yourself a, a kind of a card mentor if you like, to just kind of ask questions. I mean, you know, you can ask any of us in the group. There's no such thing as a stupid question. But no, you know, really a, lot of, a lot of the things that we talk about that we kind of take for granted. So you mentioned sketch cards there, and you mentioned nine card. And it, we can't assume that people will know what they are. So sketch cards, I'm, all I'm going to say for that now is literally that is a, um, a card that, um, from a licensed Marvel set, either from Rittenhouse or Upper Deck. Um, I think Tops have done a few. Uh, where it is officially licensed product, it will have a printed back that will be in keeping with the manufacturer of those cards and the set design. The front will be blank primarily, um, and it will have a feel to it like it's um, almost like it's the kind of, well, it is the kind of material that an artist would draw on. Um, mm -hmm. And it might have the logo on there, or it might have a border or frame of some kind. And an artist will do an original piece of work on that sketch card. And that will be a one of one because they've done it and it's, it's an original piece. So, so that's what we talk about. Yeah. yeah. And it will indicate on the back of the card that it is a true one of one. You'll yeah. see that marking. Yeah. So that, that is there. Yeah. So that's what we mean by sketch cards, but we will do a separate episode about sketch cards because they are 
a kind of a, a, a hobby in themselves. I think there's a lot of people who do sketch 100%. cards that don't touch any of the base cards, any of the chase cards, any of the. Yeah, I know tons of because I'm definitely a collector who bridges those two worlds together yeah. in my collection. Because um, I know a lot of people are heavy, heavy sketch cards who don't buy. Actually, I had someone get mad at me. Um, I won't name him out. He's a good buddy of mine. He's another surfer collector as well. And I tell him about particular cards from Flair. And I was like, dude, these are awesome. You should get into them. And he was like, well, maybe I'll buy one. He sent me a text two days ago. He was like, you bastard. I'm nine cards in. I hate you so much. <laughs> he was so mad at me that I made this poor guy get into the cards because he was only high-end sketch card and like crazy collection. Crazy, yeah. crazy collection. Yeah. But he was so mad at me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it is it is something to to think about in terms of how you want to go about this. Also, and I'll only bring this up briefly because we talked about this tons in the last episode. Just a little remark. Um, don't rush to buy. You know, if you think something's super rare, most of the time it will already be gone if you've second thought it uh, and it'd be at a higher price point. So if you think something's a really rare thing, just shoot us a message. Um, you know, I mean, I would say put it to the wall in the group, but just in case you want to keep it secret, you can find someone who's not into what you're into, you know? There's collectors I speak to because I know they would never have any interest in the surfer. So I hit them up first because I trust their opinion and I yep. check. So the same thing that goes to like card mentoring, you know, look at the stuff, take your time, figure out what you want. If you're the type of person who gets into a hobby and that hobby funds the hobby more, you know what I mean? Like you're eventually going to sell flip is such a harsh word, but I mean, technically it's what we do, but you're paying for the hobby through the hobby by getting cards that are rare or just by chance because you're opening boxes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. When you get a new card and it's super rare and you know that it looks good and you're not quite sure, just keep it to yourself. Yeah. You can share it. You don't have to sell it. I suggest you hold on to it for a, a finite amount of time and say to yourself, okay, nothing's out there that I truly want unless you want the money, which makes sense. Hold on to your cards. Mm -hmm. There's no rush to trade them. Anyone who's doing backdoor dealing or trying to hit you up fast as possible, which I've been guilty of, not backdoor dealing, but, you know, hitting someone up immediately when I see their pulls, I'm like, hey, buddy. No, don't worry about that. Take your time with it because you don't want to get into that situation where you're that collector who regrets trading something or selling something too early because you weren't, yeah. you were new to the hobby. That, yeah. I would, that's a big piece of advice that I would exactly. like to have heard. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say just about the format of things. So uh, for a lot of people, we remember a time I like to think of as BB before boxes. Um, and what I mean by that is when you were able to buy packs, packs of cards and actually buy packs every time you went to the drugstore, every time you went to the, the comics, comic store, every time you went to the mall, whatever it may be, you know, wherever you grew up, however you, you remember these things, you know, for a lot of us, we are remembering them from an earlier point of life maybe when we were children um 80s 90s as we you know we've talked about on previous episodes how we got into that um and you might remember buying them as packs but nowadays the kind of modern collecting and this has been the case for probably 10 years or so now maybe maybe slightly longer is people tend to buy by the box now partly because and not so much in the written house days but certainly now for upper deck um they are 
designed in a way that you will not get a full set from a single box. Um, the boxes and the product tend to be more premium, um, and the the set, the size of the set is is vast as well. So, I think it's a case of you know if you're if you're buying now and you're buying new stuff, um, buy box to, to try something out and enjoy that. Open it. You can either open it on a video for for, for the group, or you can just open it for yourself and post your pulls and just enjoy, you know, however you want to do it do what works for you and enjoy it for you primarily um because yeah. there is there is an endorphin rush in sharing it and talking about it and and pulling something and, and going to to your buddies on the group and say yeah look what i just pulled but ultimately do whatever works for you and whatever feels good but if you're if you're wanting to go kind of more old school and say well i'm not you know i'm not too keen on the modern stuff i'd rather get slightly more bang for my buck in some cases not all cases um you can go back and buy a sealed box of, I'm just going to pull something out me there, Marvel Universe 1992, which is a big set. It's 200 cards. And um, actually in that, in that, in that case, <laughs> it's probably a really bad one to choose. So I'm not sure if you would get a full set, but chances are you would get most of the set in that yeah. box. Some of the um, 90s stuff, yeah, yeah, you would get full sets from yeah. just one box purchase. Exactly. Masterpieces um, 92, if you buy the tin, which I think you did, Tamron, um, you would have gotten the full set yeah. because they came in, they came with that. But if you bought did a box of... Did you get cards with the I, tin? I, I believe so, because that's oh, where that's they came. Good movie, came. The tin. Yeah. I think that's where they came, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, but I've been seriously eyeing up, um, there's a similar tin for, for that, actually, that set, Marvel yeah. Universe uh, 1992, which is the set that Joe Drisco did the backgrounds for that we've talked about mm -hmm. before that had the holograms in, which for me is if, if I, if I just had that set, I just had that set and nothing else. If I was on a desert Island and I had one set with me, I'd be more than happy with universe 92 or masterpieces 92. Desert set. That's a good one. Yeah. Desert Island set. Desert That's Island, a, desert a, Island set. We're going to have to do that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, apart from sand and cards, maybe not being the best mix. Mm. I mean, you're on a desert island. Do you care about preserving them at that point? At that you know point, I mean? maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. I so, mean, um, but there is something I did want to say though, in terms of buying old boxes. Yes. Be very careful. Oh yeah. Because, and I think he might have said this too, or maybe I'm putting someone else out there who told me this. The cards will stick together. I think Amanda might have mentioned that. It might have been Amanda. It was Amanda they might stick together because they weren't in an air conditioning room. They were in a storage room with no air conditioning and they were in a closet. They were in a shed, whatever they were, they might stick together and it would ruin the card. Um, you have to be extremely, not necessarily, not necessarily. Not every time. I mean, no. Really? Mine didn't. Wow. Yeah. Mine didn't. Mine didn't. Um, I, what I found with mine was that if you, it's really difficult to describe in an audio way, and I'm going to hold up my fingers. If you kind of did this thing where you you just very slowly sort of roll the because there'll be there'll be several of them sandwiched together. So if you kind of put your finger thumb and oh, forefinger at the top and bottom of that, and just kind of angled it slightly, and it just very gently kind of shimmies them apart, because and and in in well. Listen, I don't open as much old products as Amanda does, so so she may have found more than more than that for me. But in the few cases I've done, that was fine. Now, okay. um, I will go on to talk about storage actually, because um, for a lot of people, 
um obviously you know opening old packs aside storage is a you know different people do it in different ways and the reason i bring up storage is i guess it all depends on how there's no other word for it anal um you're going to be about the quality of the cards that you have so some people are really 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 focused this isn't a bad thing it's just the way they roll it's just who i am yeah i'm, I'm a very focused crazy person that way. yeah no i, did, I didn't i wasn't just actually i genuinely wasn't talking about no, you I'm not myself. no no um, i'm just making those but, people feel better I'm yeah, yeah, yeah i'm definitely one of those um, people some people are really keen on them being like, um, you know, gem mints, which is the kind of phrase if you're if you're grading cards um, and kind of sealing them and and get having them graded. That you know, is that's the top end of a scale that gives it a number from one to ten that you know looks at any any flaws the card might have. And when I'm talking about flaws here, I'm talking it really does look at them probably closer than most people would. It looks at the sharpness of the corners. It looks at the whether there's any fraying to the edges, whether there's any indentations on the card at all, whether there's any flaws in the gloss of the card. You know, it looks at all these stuff. Yeah, looks at yeah, it looks at all of that stuff. Now, for me. I'm I'm less worried about that now. I you know I don't want them to look like they've been rolling around with the dog. On the other hand, as some of the Fleer Ultra X Men '95 uh, I've I've acquired uh, yeah, look like this. Just they've... so you know, that that is a good one-on-one segue, small segue. The premium cards are thicker stock, yeah, and they will naturally have flaws on them. A yeah. lot of them are not very clean. I mean, they're clean, they're nice, but they're not Gen Men tense. Like you're not going to see a lot of Jusco, Simone, Fleer Ultra X-Men, Fleer Ultra Spider-Man. They're not going to be like clean, 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 clean. It's it's very difficult to get those cards as pristine as possible. Just out of interest, why do you say that? How many graded Jusco cards have you seen at 10s? I've I, I got to be honest with you, I haven't looked. <laughs> oh, okay, yes. No, <laughs> I'm just yeah. curious to know because I, I genuinely I don't, don't know the answer. I don't see them. Um, so Is it I even possible to them. get a 10? Because it's not, it's not. I don't want to get into great because grading will be an episode. People, I know we keep yeah, saying sorry, that, but well, but um, and maybe this is a ten a in what question? Well, it's not possible to get a ten in comics. Okay, Very rarely. It's not possible. The only, re- I think, the only reason it's not possible to do it in comics, and it is, is it is able to do it in cards, is because you only have one piece of cardboard. In a comic book, you have multiple pages. You have different colorations. Yeah. You have different frailing. You have different corner but You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. too many variables. It would have been handled get, in some way. Right. You might get like a 9.9 in comics. Rare. Yeah. Rare 9.8, 9, I think, is the highest I ever see. I don't know why, but it seems to go in even numbers. When they, go to to they go to 10. They go to 9.9 nine, and they go to 10. Oh, but do you, they? Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can go to CNG. C, sorry, CGC. And you can go to the census and you can see what the grade range is, but they go all the way to 10. It's 9.9 and 10. I've seen 9.9 signature on some things. Yeah, I've just I've just never seen them. Even like brand new product that's coming out and being sold as a you know, being sold pre-stuffed. Okay. All right, cool. Anyway. Cards, yeah, cards will go to 10. Mm. Cards, the cards do and they go not often. I mean they're rare. You know what I mean? It's a yeah. yeah. They'll be more intense than comic books. Yeah. So I guess if that's if that's if that's for you, if that's what get you gets your engine running, cool on the gang, and and that kind of leads on to storage. So for me, uh, I'm a binder guy. 
um i like i like the binders now a lot of sets um in the 90s had official binders uh not all of them did um they are wonderful wonderful um things to have that they, they don't necessarily always age well um and stand up to a lot of um uh time written house for their run having the marvel license on cards in the noughties and through to um about five six years ago produced binders for each of their sets um they're they're nice they're nice binders um and obviously you can still find them in in pretty decent condition actually they tend to they tend to stand up to to a little bit more more wear they're more modern uh production process etc the current sets do not produce official binders so i guess if you're going to go the binder route um the both the pre yeah, both the official binders that come with sets that have them or if you're going to buy binders from say amazon or um, staples or wherever it is you choose to get stationery i tend to go for um the a d-ring binder because it will just make it easier for the pages to sit in the binder and also to move uh when you when you're when you're flipping through it um i tend to go for four ring binders um so four d ring binders and depending on how big the set is you may need to go for a thicker binder and you may need to go for more than one binder on some of these crazy big modern sets like marvel masterpieces 2018 for example Fleer ultra x-men definitely is a multi-binder um, mm -hmm. um and a lot of these binders that you buy for sets that you know from from a stationary place for sets that don't have official binders they you can often get them with clear pocket covers on the spine and on the front and sometimes yeah. on the inside so if you wanted to you could slip in something that you've printed yourself and just you know put together just to make it nice for you which is what i do you know i just i prefer to do that because i can customize it exactly how i want to and if i decide to change it i can just go and knock something else up and print it out there are people um in the hobby who who make binders and do artwork for binders and actually sell them sell the binders with the artwork in or the the artwork to be slipped into that kind of binder with a pocket so whichever route you choose to go is it's it's entirely up to you um the when we talk about pages or pockets um invariably cards are stored in nine card pockets um i tend to use a brand called ultra pro and they're platinum sleeves so ultra pro platinum nine card sleeves are what i use um, they do fit the thicker modern sets um, you do have to be a bit careful putting them in i think this ties into the comment you made about the corners on the thicker cards perhaps not you know them being a bit trickier to get as um in that in that in that gem mint condition because chances yeah. are someone slipped them either into a nine pocket sleeve or into a penny sleeve which is an individual plastic sleeve designed to fit a single card um, which then may go into a plastic case called a top loader um, or if you don't choose to um, store them in binders or in individual penny sleeves and top loaders there are other things that you can get i'm going to hand over to you here because i don't do this and stephen bagley mentioned something on a post last night where he talked about a 130 point magnetic case and I, yes. I, I, I kind of glazed over because I, I literally know very little about it. So I'm going to hand over to you. So, yeah, I am not a binder guy. I wish I was because I, I like the effect that the binder, a binder gives. But I was definitely one of those kids back in the day that got 
horribly scarred by a binder because I went to go close my binder and the did the D rings went right into the front of my cards mm. and made that crease. So classic oh. rookie mistake. You do not hurry up and close your binder when you're running to go eat dinner because you're or, leaving to your mom's house. Or overfill your binder. Or overfill your binder. These are I've rules. Seen, yeah. I've seen some yeah. <laughs> rules for car collecting. <laughs> Don't overfill your binder. Um um, which I will also tack on to don't overspend, but we'll come to budgeting in a moment. Uh, yeah, 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 the, re- the reason, the reason I mentioned this is because I saw a comment from someone on the group. Apologies. I can't remember who you were or still are indeed. Cause you haven't ceased to be, um, uh, who said that I don't use binders because, um, they can, uh, they can sag and cause bending. Now that is true. That can happen, but generally only tends to happen if you've got too many pages in the binder. Yeah. So what happens is the, the pages, the, the, the nine card pages tend to bunch up kind of at the top of the D ring. And because it's a D ring, it, it, it naturally curves. And so if you've got, if the pages, if there's too many pages in there, then the top pages will go around that curve. And yes, you could potentially, especially on the thinner cards, get a bend in the card. Yeah. Um, so don't so overfill your binders or do what no one does. Or what? Or do what I do? Or do what uh, Noah does? Yeah. Do what I do. Um, which you don't have to. I I do. So I do two things. Um, I'm gonna have to post. I'm gonna find you links so I can post this in there. Links and photos, folks. Links Posting and photos. Notes. So That's what I'll they're do, there I'll for. I'll do like a small video of what my collection looks like. So I'm more of a box person. I like everything in boxes. I like boxes within boxes upon boxes. It's just this weird cat thing I do. I don't know. My stuff feels strangely more safe when it's in a box. I don't know why. That's insane. I'm aware. Are we talking about your cards or your underwear? Either way. I'm open to that. <laughs> I don't like boxes at all. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so <laughs> for me, it's top loader. So it's penny sleeve, top loader, and then into a card sleeve. Is it called a card sleeve? What is it called? The sleeve that the top loader goes into? um the plastics so you've basically got my understanding of a vernacular is that the card initially goes into a penny sleeve right it's a penny and, sleeve and then into loader. a top loader and then i think the pla- do you mean the one with the flap and the resealable yeah 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 i think that's called a team bag team bag that's yeah. right because yeah, that's it's from it's from sports card because the right. idea is you could put a number of uh, single cards, cards in there and right. you would effectively have the team or whoever it is in that bag. So the reason you put a team bag, the reason you put your top loader into a team bag. Now, I know it seems kind of crazy. That's kind of a lot, right? Hear me out. If you're, you're going to be handling your cards a lot, you're going to want to look at them. You're going to want to thumb through. You're going to have all that kind of instinct to want to do that and handle them inside their plastics. Now, here's the issue. You drop that which has happened to me, the card slips out. Mm. The weight of the top loader bends the card. It's over. You got to bet. Now, you could not care. You, you could be a person who's better than me and doesn't care, which I respect you and admire. But personally, having a team bag from that means that if I drop the top loader, nothing happens. The card doesn't fall out. card stays within the plastic. Everything's gravy. So that's what I tend to do. Um, for the higher price point cards, the more premium cards, the cards that are one of ones that are impossible to replace, I go one touch magnetic case. And those are also from Ultra Pro. And those cases have particular sizes. They have like a 130 point 
which I think is Marvel Masterpiece. And when you say point, we're talking about that's the measurement of the thickness of the car. That's the measure of thickness for yeah. the car. So 130. Um, some cards are even thicker. So if you're into sports, you have jersey cards. If you're into Marvel, you have the suspended animation cards. Um, you have cards that are thicker in nature. So they're 200 point and there's a 100 point, a 75 point, a 55 point, a 35 point. So they do come in a very wide range. Um, personally, just as a side note, since it's a one-on-one, this is something I do. Other people don't do. That's fine. In terms of sketch cards and any other card, I don't like the card pressing against the top loader or the plastic or the one-touch magnetic. So I like a little bit of space there. So if a card fits a 55-point top loader, right? Top loaders also come in these measurements as well, just so you guys know. Um, For me, I like a little bit of wiggle room. Not enough where a corner will get damaged, but just enough that it's not this like, I'm not, remember when you used to have to shove the card into your nine-page pockets? Yeah. Right. You were like having to like eek, eek, eek very slowly just to get it all the way through. You don't want that. Don't do that. Don't mess with it. Just get the size up. Don't don't try to think that you're going to tap your way into getting the card to fit in the holder. That's mm-hmm. just, it's a nightmare, and, it, and it's not good for the keepsake of the card either. In my opinion, I don't, you know, I don't know how that works out for anybody. So I would definitely steer clear of that. Um, look at the different sizes. If you ever have any questions on what size card or what fit what, you can just ask the group. Some will immediately tell you because we all have gone through this hell. And we're all in this together. Um, so just <laughs> let us know. And we're happy to tell you what works for us, what doesn't work for us. In order to avoid spending lots of money at trying to figure it out, look through the photo album, look through people's posts, see how they fit. You might go from binder to top loader one day. That's yeah. fine. You're, it's going to happen. It's gonna, it happened to me. I, I tried to go binder for my collection. I couldn't do it. It made me nervous. I, I just, it's just, it just made me nervous. So I was like, I need to top load the box inside another box because I've learned that about my box self. Um, so that's what I would say about, about storage primary. Um, in terms of temperature, there's a great collector in our group, Dr. Strange archives. Mm. Um, great dude. Really awesome. This guy's a professional in terms of storing. He has a website that's an archive website for his Doctor Strange collection. He has done temperatures. He has done light. You're looking for plastics for top loaders and penny sleeves that have no PVC. And the reason you're looking for that is so they don't stick to the penny sleeve or they don't stick to the top loader. Gotcha. Most of them have no PVC, but... If you're buying third party or you're on Amazon, you're not sure it's ultra pro or wherever it is. We're not sponsored. Just be careful. Look for the big things, UV protected and Mm -hmm. no PVC. I'm sure I'm missing a few, um, but there are some good resources in our group and people to really help you out. And temperature is important. Do not keep your stuff out in the shed in the backyard. Have it in air conditioning. Don't keep your stuff in daylight. If you have it on your desk, Look at where the daylight is. Do not like have your stuff directly in the sun. I'm, looking around, if you're not. I'm looking around my loft here, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you you would probably weep. Uh, it does get quite warm up here when it's really hot. 
Um, but, I know there's a specific temperature yeah. where it doesn't work. I mean, it's not that extreme. It's, I, it's, it's one of those things, you know, in, in America, air conditioning is pretty standard in a lot of places. Um, oh, right. tends to be much, much less standard in the UK. That's especially right. in the old buildings we have, you know, we, we just don't have air conditioning in that way. So um, I guess, I guess it depends what type of thing you've got as well, because you've got original art for the yeah, most so part in these things. Cards and so, yes, and that, that is like, a kind of a different, <laughs> that's a very different, they're much more high value. They are one of ones. So you're going to want to take those extra steps to protect it. Um, for me, I'm looking over here and I've got binders of, of simple, I say simple, but you know, printed cards that are thin cards that are from earlier sets, and they just they just work better in a binder format for me yeah, because you know they take up less room because they're I don't done. have as much as well as Ian. Like mm. you guys have to understand, like some collectors, like Ian is is a madman. Ian has like sets and sets and sets. This guy is like an archivist. I, I don't have that. <laughs> I, I certainly I certainly don't have quite as many as you think. Um, there are I mean, there I mean, are guys. That's a nice yeah, bookcase. <laughs> it is a nice bookcase, but it's seriously that's rel that's if you look at some guys, some of the guys in the oh, group. Yes, true. Wow, um, Jacob Jacob Hines. Jacob is a dude. Um, yeah, a real cool dude in Texas. Um, good evening, Jacob. Um, hey, hope you're listening. Um, he's he what he doesn't know about. 90s promos isn't worth knowing i think he's he's a he's a resource he's a legend he's got the most enviable collection where he's tracked down a lot of stuff and that's his thing so it's actually quite a nice little segue um for, for a lot of people um they don't go for modern they just go for the 90s stuff because there's enough out there to keep you busy for quite a few years for quite a while. tracking it all down yeah 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 every set released in the 90s yeah and then don't 90s drive yourself nuts no, 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 no. But it, and it's going to give. You have to understand, we're at this point in our hobby where we're at that ten-year mm. mark type of thing. This is going to start getting. This stuff is really not. It's it's not kept well. Nineties cars are not kept well. Go to Facebook Marketplace, and you'll see a lot of people who didn't keep their stuff nice. And oh, it's yeah. very hard to find these in good condition. And you can even see that with the buybacks. Now, buyback just as briefly, just to give you a little clue, is that some of the premium sets that are coming out they have an insert card that's a, called a buyback. It's basically the actual card from the 90s mm -hmm. that has a stamp or some other legible marking on it that separates it from the others, and they're usually limited run and, num and serial numbered, and those are called buybacks. Mm -hmm. Now, those buybacks are also in like, I mean, Upper Deck bought plenty, but not all of them are in the best of shape, and those are numbered. So the idea with these older cars is that preservation and keeping them nice is what's going to make the value on those cards greater yeah. than people finding nineties cards in the shed, in their garage, whatever the case may be. So the key thing here about those nineties cards is preservation in my opinion. And that might be an opinion thing. Yeah. 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 yeah just, to, just to give you some insight to what, you know, the collecting is like these sets that these guys are doing, the nineties cards that you're only spending on nineties, those are gonna. Those are very nice sets, and that's a great way to go. It's something I'm always, you know, on the fence about doing because yeah. it is freaking exactly. awesome too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, and it's it's also worth saying that some sets are more affordable than others. Yeah. Um. So get a sense of that before you dive in. Um. I guess kind of you know almost say right okay this year I think I'm gonna go after X Y Z 
and kind of set yourself a little goal on what you might go and you know it'll be very tempted which is which is where i fall down is to have multiple side quests happening at once um so i'm probably currently ongoing building sets have at least 15 to 20 sets that i'm slowly piecing together <laughs> it's just but but that's the thing some of them i haven't touched in years so marvel masterpiece is 96 i count as that i'm not currently actively collecting it i've got about two-thirds of it and i wish i'd started again when they were a bit cheaper than they are now but it's kind of you know what and someday i'll go back to it but it's not um it's not uh, you know you can't do everything at once unless you're really really affluent or you know you're a madman um so i guess that that touches on you know as well as setting yourself kind of a little goal as to what what you might fancy what you might want to go for um just be realistic about how much it's going to cost and how much you're willing to spend yeah and, um, and, and i will say this we are talking about budget and stuff but i won't bring up budget what i mean by this is that do not be discouraged by people who have a lot of one-on-ones and yeah. people who have cards that you you won't touch for a little while I, look Take it from someone who's been in the game for a while. Everything eventually comes up for sale. Yeah. If one of ones are your thing. If one of, if that's absolutely true. If it's not yeah. your thing, it's not your thing. But if there is a card you're missing and you're like, well, you know what? I'm not going to even bother because I'll never see that card. Mm. Exactly. Don't be too discouraged by that. Things exactly. eventually come up. New product comes out. People are like, well, I need to make money back on this because I'm, I now want to go into this. People's taste change. Oh, I need to eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need to eat. You know, I yeah. can't sell my car because I already did that last month. So what's yeah. left for money? Yeah. This is something to think about. Yeah, life happens. Life happens. So I guess, uh, Tamron, we've we've kind of gone around the houses there. We've touched on a few things. I guess for, for us, it's really good to do this podcast when you guys, not not just Tamron, you know, anyone listening, comes up with any questions. You know, stuff you want to hear us talk about. Is there anything that we've we've just had a very 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 quick forty minute or so run through? what to do if you've never collected cards and i'm sure we've missed something um yeah. i'm sure we you know we touched on sketches base cards um which are the kind of a base set and then there's usually chase cards which are the subsets that are, that will appear in you know fewer packets than the main base cards you know there are there are different ways to um uh, sorry, I, I, I just had some pinging in my ear because Matthew DeMars, Matthew, you're interrupting this recording of the Marvel Car Collectors podcast. I love you dearly, but but stop it. Um, uh, he's sending me pictures of sketches. Um, so so it's, it's typical Matthew trying to elbow his way onto a podcast episode where we haven't mentioned him yet. Matthew. Oh, here, he's, here he is again. Here he is again. He's sending, me, he's sending me Psylocke sketch card images. Which I appreciate. I jest, of course. I jest. Thank you, Matthew, um, for for the Sunday sketch masterpiece that we do in Marvel Masterpieces. Um, we've had a few submissions for that, um, which is great. It tends to go feast or famine. I tend to have weeks where no one submitted anything at all. Um, and then I have weeks where, you know, I've got a queue. I've got enough for the next month now. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> which is wonderful. It's absolutely fantastic. Because the idea is you guys show off the sketch cards to a wider community. Yeah. You get a shout out and people see stuff that's not sat in someone's closet. 
in a box or a binder, depending on which way you tend to store it. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I'll, I'll, uh, Matthew, uh, my train of thought has left the station. So all I'm going to sum up is say um, on Cards 101 for now, and we will. There are elements of this we're going to touch on. We're going to, you know, we yeah. want to talk about. I want to talk about binders more. Um, I want to talk about specifically about the written house years more, and we're going to focus on certain sets. So I guess. We've already chosen to focus on a couple of sets. We focused on Marvel Masterpieces 92. We focused on 2016. We focused on 2018 by virtue of the fact that we had a, um, a Q&A with Simone Bianche that, that mm-hmm. kind of didn't... Well, it did, it did go exactly as it was supposed to do. We just yeah. didn't have the video to share with everyone. So we, we were on that. So we focused on a, on a lot of that stuff. Are there sets you guys want to hear us talk about that we haven't? Um, are there questions you want us to answer? Are there elements of collecting that we keep talking about and saying we're going to cover that you're like, get on with it. Come on. I'm got all day. Um, <laughs> you laughing at me? No, 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 no. It's something else happened. Outrageous behavior. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> grumpy that's that's grumpy old car collector man i'm glad you we like have it? a name for our man yeah. our, our man yeah. grumpy old car collector man <laughs> oi get off my binders um so uh, we will t- <laughs> we've lost norin norin has gone i'm good i'm good I'm that's here. good I'm that's here. good that's absolutely fine that's absolutely fine um the Oh, it's go- it's gone. It's gone. No. I'm, I'm I'm losing it. I'm losing it. So, it's so it's Sunday your afternoon. Questions and your feedback will help us gear these future episodes. Yeah. And we'd love to tackle any questions that are happening in the community. We have a couple of things coming up. I think by the time of this recording, we would be even more excited about Marvel Premiere 2019. I'm assuming. Well, by the time this drops, hopefully, people be will be out. more excited about it. And hopefully. no, I'm hearing end of August is the latest um okay. which is absolutely fine on a lot of people's wallets although yeah, there sure. are people changing to get hold of it uh, me i'm kind of my needle's not even moving on it but i know folk are in, invested in it and interested in it so we'll, we'll talk about it and who's to say that my needle won't move to 100 if there's a black yeah. cat card in the mix yeah which would be pretty crazy yeah that'll uh, get me standing to attention yeah um flare 19 Mm-hmm. I don't think that will be on EPAC until past August. Fine by me. I'm assuming. Fine by me. This uh, week. It's usually two months after release. Yeah. That usually they pop it on EPAC. Who knows? Yeah. I'm just speculating here. So that might be happening. Um, so we'll have that there. And while we've inadvertently segued into releases that are coming up, um, I am going to talk about this because whether i'm going to talk about this you can edit it out if you want but someone inadvertently put a future release into the public domain before it was supposed to be in the public domain um so um there we know that artists are now working on a set called marvel 80 which will be the 80th anniversary of uh marvel um which we're talking about uh, in the comics yeah well we'll we'll talk about it we can we can edit it out but um i don't know will i who knows (laughs) who who knows you might you might accidentally miss that bit um whoops so anyway that is definitely coming 
Um, and that's all we're going to say about it for now. Um, I, I'm hoping it's coming out this year. Well, there's nothing else I can kind of say. I mean, we can speculate I mean, until I we're mean, blue in the face. We're going to speculate. I'm a human yeah. being an opinion. I have to speculate. Um, so I think it's going to be a fun set. I've had some um, um, very off the record deep throat would be the phrase I'm going to use conversations with um, a couple of artists about it. And it's going to be a fun set. I think it's going to be quite a lot of fun. Quite nostalgic. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping now 80 years, you're going to celebrate 80 years and yet you've still got a ban list as long as your arm. Ah, uh, it's gone. I knew it. It's over. Ban list gone. I'm well, so I'm, I'm not saying that, but I, it, saying it, that, no, but no, I no, I haven't heard that. That's what I'm, I, this is me speculating now. I know, but this is like, now I'm going to go in rumor territory and I'm yeah. going to put this out there and people like will be like, well, do you think there's no more ban list? But that's the thing. Is that irresponsible? Disney now own 20th Century Fox. So th there is no reason whatsoever why that should be. You know, people are speculating um, after San Diego Comic-Con last week, people are, people are speculating massively that yeah. the price of X-Men issues is going to spike when well, yeah, combo, the MCU announced. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Because well, like D23 is coming up, right? Uh, yeah, that's the Disney kind of expo, isn't it? Yeah, that one's yeah. going to be huge. I'm, I'm speculating here. Don't know if it's true, but... I'm thinking phase five. I'm thinking things are going to be said at the Disney one that weren't said at the San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, that's one. interesting. I'm not, not sure if they put that much out there just yet. Because there's know. still, a, I don't know. Well, basically, for those who, who may not know or be hiding under a rock or just, hey, not interested. Um, San Diego Comic-Con last weekend on the Sunday, the Marvel panel. Kevin Feige and uh, he, he who guides the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, announced Phase 4, so the post-Endgame next kind of few years of the Marvel MCU uh, Cinematic Universe. Thor 4, which they've wisely chosen not to call it, and I had to be very careful saying that, um, is going to be called Thor Love and Thunder. And it's going to be, um, again, it's Taiko Waikiki is the mm -hmm. New Zealand director who um, did Thor Ragnarok and also does the voice of Korg in Thor mm -hmm. Ragnarok and in Endgame. Um, he's he's brilliant, brilliant creator. Um, if you haven't seen the movie that he did a few years ago about vampires in New Zealand called What We, we Do in the Shadows. shadows. So it is, good. oh, it's so good. So good. He has another comedy coming out soon. Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah, so for Love and Thunder, they announced the big announcement, which has driven all the crazy comic book spec people. It has. Uh, Jane Foster. Yes, Jane Foster. Now, Jane Foster. Baltimore. Yes, Jane Foster, the longtime uh, female... I don't read Thor. Love interest? Is that fair to no, say? No, she is awesome. She is yeah. her own character. She had a great book line. Um, she's a great... No, as in, as in originally Thor, that's what she was back in the 60s and, you know, when she was introduced. No, she's as grown as a character. So For sure. Yeah, yeah, I think this has been like... I mean, maybe this love interest. I don't, I don't remember. I can't remember. I don't read Thor, so I may have done her a huge disservice and been really unintentionally misogynistic so i apologize no i mean this, uh, i mean it's not it's not you being misogynistic it's the industry 
Well, it's, it was the 60s when all these characters were created yeah, and written. Right. So it was a different time with different cultural sensibilities and, and, and rightly or wrongly for whatever reason. Um, but she is, um, she in comics eventually uh, wielded Molyneux, oh, his hammer. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> wielded his hammer for nar for nar um and you might have to edit that bit out um yeah <laughs> still quite funny though i'm proud of that it's, um, it's good i mean it she she became thought in the comics a few years ago um yeah. and um that i believe um, uh, natalie portman's character of jane foster uh, jane foster Foster, right? yes, it was in the first two Thor movies, yes. um, and is returning to the franchise to play Thor. So, whatever the um, storyline, uh, you know, Chris Hemsworth will be in there as well, as will mm -hmm. Tessa Thompson playing uh, yep. Valkyrie, who was in, introduced in Thor Ragnarok, and who went further to kick um, um, butt in the uh, Avengers Endgame movie. Mm -hmm. um, she was brilliant. Uh, she was. It, she wasn't in it much but she was wonderful to watch yeah, um and so she's going to come through so the, obviously the price of I, I saw some guy uh earlier on today list five issues of the thor series where jane foster had taken over as thor issue one for 40 pounds each on the group and the post is now gone because everyone just kind of ripped him um you know, and it was taken down because he was basically taking advantage. Having said that, I didn't have What If issue 10, which um, from 1979, I think, 1980, mm -hmm. which is volume one of What If. And What If itself was announced as an MCU. Which is pretty cool. Thing, uh, which is going to be animated with Jeffrey Wright as the voice of the Watcher. Yeah. Oh, and then all the actors are coming back. For yeah, the voiceovers exactly, exactly, like, which is a really cost effective way of doing it. Yeah, I think I'm hoping it's going to be like the DC shorts that came out um, a while ago. I don't I know if you saw them, they were really good. Uh, Spectre, Catwoman, Batwoman, they were just like little movie shorts. Oh, cool. um, they were done really professionally, so I'm wow. thinking that's what the what if is going to be like. Yeah, kind of like the HBO cartoons yeah. back in the day where they were like really interesting, really high end. Yeah. So, I'm hoping it's that kind of style, that kind of fun. Like we're watching these little segments of these movies yeah. being kind of broken down as these what if scenarios. So I'm hoping that's what they're alluding to with that series. Like kind of like a more high end yeah. kind of animation shorts. You yeah. know what I mean? That'd be kind of cool to see yeah. them pull that off. Awesome. Um, but yeah, the what if, I know everyone's speculating about her being that first appearance. I've been hearing back and forth where people are like, no, that's not the first appearance technically. Well, no, it isn't. They're right, it isn't. because it's not Jane Foster. However, so, however, I didn't own it. I now own two copies because yesterday <laughs> when I was asking about <laughs> I didn't own it, but I own two copies now. This well, no, I, I'd want one because it's missing in, in my Thor, you know, in my, this is the annoying thing for me. I'm not one of these people who buys books to flip. No. I just don't do it because generally I don't, I don't, I don't flip anything very well. And I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm always a bit uneasy about it, but I figured, look, it's there. So I've, I, I, I saw two copies in there and I found that there was, um, 
kind of an antiques kind of treasure trove and it's one of these buildings that's an old building it's got different antique dealers who deal with different things and there was one guy who had a load of comic books and i'd never been in there before and i found all this stuff and he's got other issues i'm going to go back and get that i just need for my personal collection that's and really i'd cool. rather pay six pounds than 60 pounds Having said that, you know, I'd say the copies are probably mid to high grade. One of them slightly better than the other, you know. Wow. But if, you know, if there was an occasion to trade that with someone, then I would do it. Um, but um, I, I, I'm in two minds, you know, do I, do I list it on eBay? Do I become that guy? Or do I just keep it and help out a mate? I'm kind of thinking I'll help it and, and keep it and help out a mate. But the capitalist among us is screaming, are you mad? Why wouldn't you Why wouldn't you make a buck off it? And I know a lot of people wouldn't give this second thought. Um, I think it's hard. It's yeah. hard to be that kind of... Look, I'm, I've definitely been both. <laughs> I've definitely been both, I can be honest. Like, mm. Here's the thing. Here's the line that I always draw, especially in cards. If I know someone's a specific character collector, I go to them first. I don't go to the person who can pay me double. Yeah. I, go to the, I just, I just, I don't, because I know what it is to be a person who, oh God, you know, we all get burned here and there. Um, you know, there's things that I've wanted that were surfer that yeah. people knew, yet still took cards, whatever it may be. And, you know, I always try to be the collector who is going to get something to the right place, but everyone has different likes. You know, some people want to collect everything. Some people want to collect a few things. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's where I draw the line. I yeah. Don't know. So the part of me that yeah, the part of me that, that has a soul and kind of keeps me up at night, you know, says, well, you've just denied someone else of owning that in their collection at an affordable price. But alternatively, some the guy who saw that after me could have gone on eBay and got 90 quid for it. So, it's like, you know, where do you, what would you, what do you do? Anyway, I've got the two copies. Um, I'll definitely part with one of them. I'll probably try and send it the way of someone I know who'd be into it. Um, and maybe do a, do a kind of trade thing. Who knows? Who knows? Leave yourself so, open to it. Yeah, you know, exactly. You get, you get exactly. the price in your head that you want. It's a price that's fair. If the person who wants it has yeah. the price, then that's fair. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. hey, anyway, um, we're, we'll talk about, I think you know what I think we'll probably talk about all the other phase four stuff on another episode because otherwise this will be yeah, free, no, 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 be no, free no, hour <laughs> job sorry, sorry. but no but I find it really interesting how this is going to happen and what what those announcements will mean in terms of the card sets over the next few yeah, years. Yeah I'm excited I wonder because the one thing we haven't really touched on at all on any of these what well, this we're about 10 episodes in coming up yeah. um, we haven't talked about any of the movie related sets now we haven't, no, we haven't not that we haven't chosen to not talk about them it's just that they're not the first thing that comes to my mind when we're talking about stuff because i don't collect it however yeah, so i'm not an expert either but yeah. we need, we need there's a lot of guys that collect them yeah there's a, lot, there's of a lot of guys cool that go stuff in those yeah. sets too i mean you yeah. have autographs you have film cell inserts you have really really cool and high end sketch cards i mean a lot of them yeah. have their own sketch cards too so i mean yeah. it's, it's a viable set exactly so we'll talk about that um, and we'll talk about lots of other stuff. There's, you know, the, the good thing about this is that there's so much for us to talk about, which means that hopefully you guys want to do it and, and keep listening. We really en enjoy doing it. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, I've for years, I wanted to start a podcast and I kind of didn't really have 
a clue how to start really and then we were just chatting and we thought let's just let's just you know i mentioned to you six months ago when we were talking about how the groups were growing wow. and what we do you know that let's start a podcast and you were like yes straight in and it took a few months for us to kind of circle to the point where i was like you know what let's just let's just actually do it let's just dive in forget and, it like, you know you, there's so much preparation. Right? ian really is the brainchild of all this and has done so much work into getting this up off the ground and moving and now we have people who listen in now we have people who are interested i mean this is really really taken off it's really, yeah really amazing teamwork makes the dream work buddy okay. um, that's what yeah. it's all about um the and you know we've got <laughs> we've got some we've got some exciting ideas about where we want to go with this um it is 100 percent fan related you know we talk about um we talk about are you still there can you hear, still hear me yeah, your, your image is frozen but i hear you yeah that's good that's good that's why i was just checking um we talk about um stuff we want to do and we talk about a licensed thing in a in a fan uh way so you know we we have to be mindful of the fact that you know we don't want to you know, try and profit off it or monetize it in any way which is why you know we no. we have had you know we could have sponsored adverts on this podcast if we wanted to um you know it's it's actually been offered um but we're not we're not into doing that so um it's just just not not our vibe and and we do you know we do spend time and money doing this we are we have got an idea for a t-shirt that would support the entire marble yeah. cards fan collective i'm going to talk about that now um we do not want to sell those in a way that will make profits however because we are riffing on another ip and mm. you know we'll be hit with a cease and desist faster than you can say molinier falls hammer or whatever the word nice. is. Uh, did i did i nail it that time i think you did yeah. anyway know. so we've got a design and we've got we've got an idea for how it can work yeah. um and i kind of want to do it in a way that literally just covers the cost of that and nothing else so that folk can wear it if they want to when they go to cons so mm. that artists can wear it when they go to cons so that you can just wear it when you're you know going to your magic the gathering thing at the store because people do that or go you know or whatever or you know in bed with your with your with your loved one if that floats your boat yeah. so um and if what you want to for me hey so. listen if you want to get a tattoo <laughs> of the group logo you're more than welcome to do so I mean, uh I this is where i chest, you know so. oh, i was gonna say this is where i pull up Put up my, my thing to reveal something. I took it from you. Yeah, never mind, never mind. You go with it. You go with it. Is it is it healing? It's healing okay. It's not great. Good, good. I okay. did it myself. Oh. <laughs> I think that might be the end of the episode. There you go. Done. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, guys. Enjoy. Enjoy collecting. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Marvel Card Collectors podcast. You can subscribe via our home on anchor.fm forward slash MCCP. Leave us a message via that link with questions, comments, or just to say hi, and we may even play on the show. We'll also be on iTunes and most other main podcast platforms soon. On Facebook, you can find Marvel Card Collectors Worldwide by searching MCCW and Marvel Masterpieces Collectors by searching MMC. On Instagram, find us at mmcollectors and at sketchcardhive. The great music we use is called Rocket Power by Kevin McLeod. 
thanks to the collectors, artists, and creators who support the Marvel Cards Band Collective. We'll see you next time, and remember, it's a small hobby, but a fun one. Make mine Marvel, and enjoy collecting. <laughs>